too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we. That wasn't a great pod, was it? You want to run it back? Golflandia 223. Or perhaps Sportlandia 223. You never know. That logo is in the works right now. We'll see. We'll see by the end of this podcast if I want to do a Sportlandia, Golflandia, or nothing. That was you too, by the way. And I played that. I probably played I Will Follow before. I Will Follow, not before. But in the past. And my thesis on U2 is, there's a lot of people who are love-hate U2. But for the people who, quote, hate U2, I'm telling you, if you had a backyard barbecue and you're out roasting a pig, and by the way, by the way, and I had this in my notes, so I I have to insert this without sounding insane. It said roasting pig. And so now I'm here. But I think it was in the summer, someone sent me a picture from their golf course of roasting a pig. And I said, this is what you're going to, this is going to be the smoking is healthy 50 years from now. They're going to look back and say, you guys roasted animals on a golf course and had it for lunch. (laughs) Do you think my kids would ever come near a roasted pig? They would be mortified, mortified. If I showed them that center, center yourself. Where were you? Oh yeah. You too. If you're out in your backyard roasting a pig and you had people over and said, listen, I've, I've got a, a band coming and that's you too. And they're going to melt your face off with, I will follow you. You two haters. Do you think you'd be like, Nope, not going. You lunatics absolutely live will melt your face off. So that's why I played that. I have other songs I want to get to because it's been a while. I don't even know what I talked about in the last podcast. I don't even know when I did the last podcast. <clears throat> so the number sequence could be incorrect. But here's what happens has happened since. Um, uh, what has happened? Well, I decided to become a Bills fan one night. Because I said it, you know, the Bengals were, I think, four and four or three and four at that point. And I thought, you know what? What's the point? I wouldn't do it now because the Bengals are awesome. But what's the point of rooting for a terrible team? Like all you Cleveland Browns slaps or delusional Bears fans. Just pick a new team. Like literally unhook yourself from your childhood and all the pajamas you used to wear, 
or pajamas in the U.S. And just say, you know what? I'm going to follow the Bills and 20 years of Josh Allen or the Bengals and 20 years of Joe Burrow. Just do it. It's easy. I decided one night I'm going to be a Bills fan. I'm, not, I'm now back to being a Bengals fan. So that happened. Uh, I watched Die Hard 1, 2, and 3 for the first time. Decent. Decent. Uh, Rainmakers, that happened. Went to a live final, NHL live final in March. We'll be going to that. Um, clocked my 40 at about 7.8 seconds. I think my vertical is 7 inches. Tops. And uh, decided to buy, almost buy, a used limo. It was parked out front of our office. Said for sale. I said, that is for me. <clears throat> but then I called the guy. And it, even though it's a stretch limo, it's like bench seats. They don't have the champagne holder. They don't have sort of the wraparound square classic limo seating. It was used for a funeral home click but welcome to my impulsive life welcome to me buying four trillion dollars worth of rainmaker packs preseason and nearly stroking out realizing what have i done season turned out to be okay and i think they're going to do it for pga if i had to guess if they're doing it for mma which seems to be more complex than pga i think they're going to do it for pga it's a it's a it's a great game. Just a few more execution items that need to be probably polished off. IMO. Uh, but that's it. That's all I've done. I, I mean, I did a spaces last week. I like spaces. Um, a lot of you joined. We beat the numbers for the PGA Tour today. I saw that in terms of people joining. So, so maybe PGA Tour stop banning people from sharing your content like Kyle Porter who got you a million impressions on a speed video but you just want it for yourself PGA Tour content and, and now they're getting better don't get me wrong but it's like watching you know closed circuit TV in an airport it's just dull and I still don't think they get their audience yet but whatever this is a sport podcast, not a not a golf podcast. And what I mean by sport podcast is that, you know, if you do Sportlandia, I've got so many other things I want to talk about, and I don't want to be committed to every Tuesday pre-tournament in golf to talk about this week's tournament. I may, but I don't have any supernatural skill that other people don't have, if that's a sentence. I mean, the world's caught up in terms of understanding DFS and the game of golf. What what more do I have to offer? But on that space is, I guess, people's ages. I want to do that. If I ever do any live content, I have a uh, – that is my supernatural skill, is knowing birth dates of famous people, preferably male, um, within six months. And someone, someone gave me Greg Norman. I forget who it was. And I got it 
I said June 55. It was February 55. So thank you. You offended me by that. By that. That one's easy. But that's all I've done. I did a podcast, though, yesterday with, with Andy Lack, who has a – he's just a great, kind-hearted young dude. I remember when I was in New York earlier in the year, he DM'd me, said, you know, let's get together. Um, but I, as I told him on that podcast, I paused and stopped this one because – and this is not a – this is not an attention-seeking Everyone, please want me back. Tell me you want me. Tweet or piece of content. I just felt like the market was saturated with good content creators, maybe some not so good, but people who are tied up in the space of predictive picks. And I don't really have anything to offer (laughs) that really would add value from that department. And so I'm not comfortable going out and saying, listen, I know what, what's going to happen in this tournament more so than other people. My, and plus, if I don't play the plays that I talk about because my mindset changes on a hour-by-hour, day-by-day, minute-by-minute, last-minute you know, CSV upload basis, I think it's disingenuous to, uh, to even talk about what I'm going to do. And there are a lot of better people who are more interested in the nitty-gritty of golf, because I like other sports, than for me to play in that sandbox. But I think that, and I told this to Andy, and we talked about this before we did the show, I think that the the tipping point for that type of content, picks-based content, expert, quote, expert-based picks content in all sports, I think we're there. Because the market's caught up. Um, And I think that unless you offer unique tools, good tools, excellent projections, or interesting unique perspectives on data from experience, and you play, and or you're wildly entertaining, I think that still has life and sustainability and content in my opinion i'm comfortable talking about the business of sports very comfortable and i think i have things to share and insights to to give but i don't know if that's sustainable for content so maybe i'll just be entertaining eh, maybe just go back to picks but i t- you know i play a lot of dfs now um, I love NFL showdown, NHL golf is by far the most difficult for me because it's basically, you're getting your levers from ownership. Um, and it's really, I mean, like, listen, in, in, in football, if Christian Watson, the Packers goes for one twenty two, that's a lot. Say six one twenty two. Then you can reasonably assume that another receiver will get fewer or not have a ceiling game, and Rogers will have a good game. In golf, if Chris Kirk wins this week, I, I don't know. I mean, his I know his ownership and how much we can 
go over the field on ownership, potentially, if the ownership projections are right. But it doesn't tell me anything else about what happened in the field or what you need to know. It doesn't tell me how he got there. How many birdie streaks? How many eagles? Did he have uh, you know, all four rounds under 70? Bogey free round? I don't know. It's, uh, imagine walking up to – I could walk up to Christian Watson for the Packers and say, I can reasonably see you doing six, 120, and two. Six catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns, and not seem like an insane person. I can't walk up to Brian Harmon and say, Brian, you're going to miss the cut, but you're going to have four birdies in the row on Friday afternoon. And then I'll be escorted out in an ambulance. Do you know what you're going to do pre-round? No. When you play golf? So, but I do play a lot of other sports. I It's tilting. It's, it's heavy investment. Rainmakers probably had me in a mental vice grip for a few months. So I apologize for some, some wily after dark tweets <clears throat> when I was, you know, frustrated or stressed. Like I did, I did a whole Twitter thread on the future of content. And I realized that I probably should have, you know, I said all picks based content is dead. And that was, that was, that put a, a lot of people I respect in, in that circle that I didn't want there. Neil Orfield, Big T, the, some of the RPS guys that I know. I didn't mean that some of the RPS guys are good and some of them are bad. I just know, I just know some of them and I don't know others. But those guys actually play and are actually good and they actually share content that's valuable. There are other people out there who maintain a status of, quote, expert, and I've never seen them once. Those people, I don't think, have a lot of survivability. You know, we know, I know who the best players in the streets are in every sport. And many of them, I mean all of them, and I singled out Petty Theft, who's amazing at NBA, and and the he had like three days in a row of winning a hundred grand, but he does offer content. I learned, but some of the other guys, they're not going to reveal their strategy, their hand. They're they're playing so much money per night, big stakes. Why would they? So, and Josh Perry raised it, you know, in a tweet the other day. I didn't reply to it, but he said, are we at a point now where if people are going to put out their plays for content, for likes, for viewership, for subscriptions, pay the, the ones I'm thinking about are paid subscriptions. Is it important that they play their plays? Probably. Yeah. And that's why, that's why it concerns me because I cannot be disingenuous. I'm, I, I have too much shame. I won't even listen to the podcast that I did with Andy. I haven't listened to any of mine ever. It's cringeworthy. I got to be completely honest and not contradictory. And if I am, I, I have to call myself out on it. Some people don't have those concerns. But that's why I'm like, what's the point of doing a podcast? I want to win. 
I want to beat everyone. Why would I tell people what I'm doing? And in golf, I don't have any more knowledge or skill at this point, especially than anyone else. And there are a lot of people who play the game, not professionally, but probably think they're close who know more about clubs, grasses, green types, courses. It's not interesting to me. That part winning is certainly the business of the sport certainly is. And I will, I can, I will go toe to toe on that part. Like the live tour, which I promised I'd never talk about again. Broke that promise. You know, in terms of that, and I said this to Andy yesterday on his show. I got a little also exhausted of carrying the water with a bunch of other content creators for golfers who were just chopping up billions of dollars. Like, why am I fighting with people in the streets about Live Tour? I don't care that much. And uh, for what? I mean, to do PGA's bidding? I mean, they're not going to reward us for that. Although we were the ones putting up the defense wall against live content and the people who left. But listen, listen, the moral preening of the live tour, I don't care about. I was just my my only concern about the live tour is that don't put it in the don't put it in the sphere of it being it figured something out in terms of the business of golf that it turns some sort of skeleton key that the PGA Tour couldn't in 100-plus years, or golf in general. They didn't do anything. They have one component of a startup. They have money, endless. But they didn't, they didn't electrify an audience by getting 30,000 live streams only worldwide YouTube-free, clearly. And the audience largely didn't follow the the big time players that left and they did leave. I mean, some big time players left. So it ain't about the brand in a post tiger world. It ain't about the player. It's about the competition. And once people perceived right or wrong, that these people weren't interested in competitive golf, like they were used to, it became very uninteresting to people. Not, there's a niche amount of people who would watch any amount of golf, including live tour. I'm not talking about them, but from a business model perspective, if this was not funded the way it was, it would be dead. You cannot just have to buy airtime on the CW, do your own pre and post production and buy and your own ads. If it's successful or if people are willing to stick their neck out and say, yeah, this is a model we want to put on TV. That was it. But that whole year of fighting and, you know, the PGA potentially getting demolished, which is, you know, is an objective of theirs, Live Tour. They would love for the PGA Tour to be gone. I just didn't want to – it just wore me out. And so I was glad that NFL season was there. Um, And, you know, as I said yesterday, the – the, the elements of business building are far more than just cash. That's important, but it's culture building. It's having a good product 
It's building a relationship with your audience, certainly, but also building coalitions with community and other business leaders. And I don't think that Greg Norman's the guy to do that. It seems like from the very beginning, it was this giant axe to grind with the tour. And it turned a lot of people off. I may be wrong, but I don't know if the owners of the Live Tour will have a lot of patience for both financial losses and then, you know, humiliation and content. That's that. But Greg Norman, 223.55, I think. And I put a, also speaking of birthdays, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart. I'm going to send this to my group right here, my team at Block MKTG. I'm, I'm doing this at 416, and I told them I'm recording a podcast. I haven't done one in a while, and so I'm going to seem like a real asshole up here just talking to myself. But look at that photo I just sent you. How old, objectively, do you think that person is, if you had to guess? Ob- objectively. That picture I just sent you? 58? Okay, so Kirby Smart, the picture I just sent you, he is 20 months y- older than Tom Brady. He's a year older than me. That's a rough one. I had him, because you know how much I obsess about birthdays. I pegged him 1955. He's 1975, December. No. Not looking, not looking the best. Probably take a nap. Um, but anyway, I, nice point after, by the way, at the end of that game, when I had in my squares 66, 7, 6, 7, you know those squares you buy? That was a nice $8,000 miss for missing that point after because it was 5-7. Um, but anyway, 20 months older than Tom Brady. How's his year going? He, Tom Brady may look like Kirby Smart here in a few months. Naively or shamelessly plugging one of the biggest frauds in financial history. Whoopsie doozle. Whoopsie doozle, Tom. So, how's that going? Someone put on Twitter, what's the life cycle of grift? Stocks, crypto, NFTs, Web3, AI, metaverse. That's, those are probably the big six. Metaverse, how's that going? How's your metaverse going? <laughs> All these people tweet. And that stuff frustrated me too. I just can't take it when vulnerable people are taking advantage of people who just want their money and are shameless about it. I just could never do that. But those people who tweet, you know, Web3 stuff or metaverse stuff years ago or laser eye stuff and are now not laser eyes or NFTs. And then they say, oh, it's probably nothing. Probably nothing. If someone says it's probably nothing, it's nothing. I promise you. Um, That's it. Oh, Rainmakers. Yeah, that was fun. I already talked about that, so get organized with your notes. Pig Roasting did that. 
and let's ride. The greatest gift we've ever gotten in content is let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Pig roasting, let's ride. Youth pills, Kirby Smart, let's ride. Sony Open, this is the one tournament. So let's, let's just say we did Sportlandia. So if I didn't want to do one one week, I wouldn't feel pressure. Um, if I, we could do one Saturday. We could do one Sunday pre-showdown. We could do one three a week. I don't know. Or never. But let's say, for instance, we talk about golf this week. Let's say we talk about the Sony Open. This is the one tournament where Circling the Drain or Josh, who was you know, a good guest with me, with Ryan on the show, and you know, I told him that I listen. I, I always feel it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure to ask two guys with kids and busy to come on a podcast at a certain time of night, and you know, it just always was uncomfortable to me to do that to ask anyone of anything when they have their own busy schedules. But. When we did content, and we we could probably still do it again, but for now I'm just going to riff solo. When Josh said that the Sony Open, and he was he was he was touting Vince Whaley as a winner, or someone who's going to have success, he said because Vince Whaley does well in island golf, and he cited his good play in Mexico as an example. But Mexico is not an island. But defended saying Mexico by saying a resort is much like an island because hotels and the hotel cartel hold you hostage so much so you can't leave. So that was one of the best bit of content I've heard on my show from that specific show from Josh that day. All right. But the Sony, here's what I do know about the Sony. Not much. No, but it's short. Uh, it's it's relatively easy, not terribly exciting course. Comped to Kapalua. Um, plotter's course. Plotter, 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 plotter. Still don't know that one after six years. But like a Kucher course or a Chris Kirk course. It's A to B to C to D. Uh, wind is a primary defense. I remember in 2020 when rain soaked it to near unplayability. I think Brandon Steele was leading at that point, I think. He was like number one in putting for 54 holes. And then it fell apart. Um, Not a ton of ways to score. There's only two par fives. That's what a par 70 is. Um... I have, I eject the century narrative in that players can't cope from playing in the century the week before to going to this tournament and succeeding. But it does seem by about whole 55 players get a little gassed. But that's what I know. And in terms of in terms of players, so if I'm looking at and I'm not I don't even know if I'm gonna play a lineup this week or or certainly max anything, but if I were to, let's say I do, I will. The 
the leverage spots for play, I mean, you can really look at anyone over 7,000, 7,200. I had, I talked to Josh and Ryan about this, but you know, any one of those people above that price has a chance to win here. Right. I mean, Tom Kim obviously is, um, a, seems seemingly a perfect fit for this course, but he's going to be 30% owned, but he's $3,000 more than Chris Kirk. Okay. You know, Chris Kirk can win here as much as anyone. So someone like him, sub 5% projected at 7,400 or Lipsky or Brendan Todd, same price, 3%. I'll go four times that in terms of ownership and still be okay. I mean, so 12%, who cares? Piercy, Poston will always gut you. These guys are all sub 10% and have, I mean, Kuchar won here. I haven't seen him play golf in a while. Uh, Drayson Sig. But that's what I would look at. I mean, in terms of building out lineups, I don't need to tell you this, the guys who know how to play golf or play DFS golf. But look at guys you can forex the field on but still not get yourself in too much trouble. Like last week, what did I do in a small field, no cut? Like like 80% Will Zellatoris? You don't have to do that here. I mean, you may want to lock Tom Kim. I mean, he certainly, <laughs> in all probability, could win. Or fade him entirely, 30%. Beat 30% of the field and go Hideki. But that's really your options in DFS golf. You know, find good ownership projections. And sometimes, just based on what I'm seeing in my Twitter feed, I think I think a lot of these are lower or higher than what I expect. Like Matsuyama, 16%. I'm already seeing a lot of narrative around him. His name's popping up. People will want to play someone other than M and Kim to be sharp, and they'll go to Matsuyama, and then whammo, he's 22%. And the hoagie people, the hoagie people are unbearable. Tom hoagie people. Um, He'll get a lot of love, too. But that's golf. That's a podcast. That was how long? How long was this? 35 minutes. Perfect. So perhaps in the future, we'll talk about something else. We'll add more content. You can give me topics to talk about or never do one again. But, you know, I think that I appreciate Andy for inspiring me to, you know, stop being such a negative Nelly. And give it another shot. So, Sportlandia. Mm, that's right.
Stasera facciamo l'amore. 